Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as a foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to the program. We are super blessed that you can join us um, here at Shouts of Grace as we're now kind of jumping into our third year. Um, We've been doing this for three years now, and we're super blessed that um, Key Radio has given us the use of their studios. And also, if you are a first-time listener, we want to say welcome, let you know that Shouts of Grace is a radio program where we take uh, different things in society, different things that take place in life, and we run them through Scripture, and we apply a biblical worldview, um, and and also talk about different disciplines and different things in God's Word, and, and I have different people in studio. Uh, today, I have a good friend of mine um, who... Um, this Sunday um, is going to be installed as one of the pastors at Redemption Hill, Woo-hoo. Pastor Mike Cunningham, Dr. Mike Cunningham, oh, I should it. say. <laughs> stop it. But uh, but listen, if you are a first-time listener, we would love uh, for you to, to, to catch up on what we're all about. You can do that by going to shoutsofgraceradio.com. That's shoutsofgraceradio.com, and there you have 130-some-odd episodes that you can listen to on a whole host of topics. And if you are a return listener, we want to say thank you. Uh, and and thank you for your support as well. And let um, all of our listeners know that uh, Shouts of Grace Radio is a radio ministry of Redemption Hill, Utah, in, and uh, I almost forgot the name of the city, in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Uh, and you can learn more about that church by going to rhutah.church. Well, today what I want to do is, is I want to talk about something that that's real life right now. Um, uh, Pastor Mike, your 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 basement is in the process of being finished, and it's a construction zone. And, it is, and uh, and and as we're doing the work, we're we're kind of we're kind of doing all of the things that that just don't get you know they just don't get enough credit in your day to day life. But if you didn't do them, you'd realize that that your house didn't work. And that is, we're doing a lot of rough stuff. We're putting the electrical in the walls, and we're putting the plumbing in, and, and it looks like a construction zone. It doesn't look very finished, and and I'm sure you and your family are waiting for the day where you can like enjoy the finished product of living there. But before we could ever enjoy the finished product, there's always the rough project. There's the part where we're putting the things in the walls that that make it uh, inhabitable. If if we just threw up drywall and paint and we said, here's your living room, um, it, it might look good, but it wouldn't function and That's it correct. wouldn't work. And so there are some necessities that have to take place um, in, in order for it to be a functioning home. And, and, and the same is true when it comes to the Christian faith, right? It's like, you know, all, all of us want to just live in the finished product as, as a Christian. I, I want the, I want the polished life that doesn't sin. It's happy and it's rejoiceful and it's, you know, and it's in harmony with everybody, but we don't understand that, that there's a lot of things that go into building the finished product, right? And so this, uh, t- today what I want to do, Mike, is I want to talk about just some of those basic things as a believer that we need to do. And so I'm going to, I'm going to kind of push this off and, and, and read this section and then kind of get your thoughts on it. In Acts chapter two, verse 42, talking about the early church, it says that they, the early church devoted themselves to the apostles teachings, mm-hmm. to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer 
And everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were beginning to be performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together, and they held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all and anyone who had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple, and they broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. And so, um, Mike, when, when we talk about some of the basic things that we should be doing as Christians, I know sometimes it sounds redundant, but but it is the electrical in the walls. It is the plumbing in the floor. It is all those things that, that we need to live. Um, it says that they did something. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. Talk about that, what it meant then, and what it means now as, as, as a basic, you know, in-wall thing that needs to be there for us to have a Christian uh, life. Well, first of all, on your analogy, I want to talk about what happens when you don't do those things. What happens <laughs> if you go ahead and put the drywall and the fit and finish on that thing and you don't have any electrical wiring in your walls? To fix that, you have to go in there and pretty much break it. It's, it's, it's almost worse to have to go back and retrofit mm. that than it is to actually get it right the first time. So these are foundational. Mm. Uh, when when we skip steps, when we cut corners uh, in our spiritual life, you know, they show later. In fact, let me say this before you continue: if 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 you're getting a permit on a project, the inspector won't let you go any further until these things are done. Absolutely, and for your benefit. Yep. Uh, because I think that. Uh, the, the doesn't work because I mean, you know, for those who don't know, I mean, that basement is going to be a hospitality ministry for my family. We're going to have a chance to, I'm praying over just the wonderful things that are the Bible studies and the cool things that are going to happen in that basement, but like it has to be done right. And so it's going to, I'm going to need electricity. I'm going to need HVAC. I'm going to need, you know, plumbing to, to be able to have that work right. And so uh, when you talk about the, you know, devoting ourselves to scripture, you know, it would be like if you guys didn't use a blueprint, just went down there willy nilly, just throwing things up and hoping it fits. I mean, there's, there's a, there is a, a process in our discipleship that again, rooted in scripture where it puts us on a path that makes us more like Christ, that shows the world, our testimony in the, in our lifestyle, uh, that, that those of us who've never known someone who's godly, they're in the word. I mean, you're just in that when you're in their presence, you can almost just feel that this person, they get it, they, they love the Lord, and, and, you, and you just, you're drawn to that. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and think about that too, Mike, is, and I know you've been in ministry long enough to know this, is, you know, a, a word fitly spoken in the right time, it's just, it's, you know, the Proverbs talks about that, it's just something that is, it's a huge blessing, right? And, and I don't know about you, but, but when I'm in a, in a place where I need a touch from the Lord, I need direction, I need wisdom, I don't, I just don't gain a lot from people's opinion, right? right? I, there's just something that for me that supersedes that. I mean, you know, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's quick. It's alive. It, it punctures the heart of humanity. And so for me, man, to, to, to be, to have people around me that are devoted to the apostles doctrine means that when I'm thinking, stinking, thinking, you know, that they can bring a word and say, "Hey, brother, you, you might want to you might want to check that." That word is like a direct just assault 
on my flesh from the Holy Spirit. It, it's it's a death blow, and I need that. And so this really goes to the heart of how how we're going to choose to live in our worldview. And if you don't have that biblical ba- basis to give, you're going to give something else. You're going to give an opinion. You're going to quote somebody who's in popular culture. I, I, I've seen a lot of times people very well-meaning. They're just going to give whatever's on their mind, whatever has been, whatever they've been consuming and putting in their brain is going to come out their mouth. And so depending on who you're hanging out with, if you hang out with these folks over here, you're going to get that point of view. And if you hang out with these people, you're so that's why not only do we need to be able to put scripture in our heart so that we can speak to one another in love, but also surrounding ourselves with people who are going to do the same for us, because you're going to get a different answer for people who are living biblically than you are elsewhere. Yeah, I had, a, I had a, a guy come up to me yesterday after church, and, and it was just great. You know, he shares different political views than I do, but he said, hey, I really want to thank you that, you know, every time that you've preached, you've preached apolitical, and you've kept the focus on Christ. And and him and I couldn't be further apart on our political views. And here's the thing, there, 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 there's, there's a reason for that. In a politically charged climate like we have, okay, I, I can give you my opinion, but you can disagree with my opinion. I mean, who That's cares right. about that? But but if I tell you that, let, let's take, for instance, we had a, a conversation a few weeks back about about racism and systemic racism in, in right. America and, and, and the validity of it and so forth. And, and, and I had brought up during that, during that uh, time that, um, that the two most racially divided groups, if you will, most hateful groups one could argue in history is that of the Gentile towards the Jew. I, I mean, it is like, you, you know, if, if you're Jew and everyone else is Gentile, if you look at the persecution and hatred of the Gentiles over to the Jews, over history, it has been from from Egypt to 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 Haman and the trying to eradicate there to Hitler to everything else. I mean, one could act, one could arguably say, "Hey, there, there's a lot of hate there." But here's what's interesting: in Ephesians two, it says that the middle wall of partition between the two groups was broken down in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, as a Christian, I look into the apostles' doctrine and I say, "Wait a minute." Is it necessary for me to take a side politically or is it necessary for me to find the answer to what God gave? And the answer is in Christ, every hostility can be broken down, right. right? Every division can be broken down. Well, then let's preach that message. And if you want to call it apolitical, call it apolitical. But that's the message that, that really resonates. And so, but we find that in the apostles doctrine. We do. Know? Again, no, no Jew, no Gentile, no slave, no free. I mean, we're all called. You know, we're all made in God's image and we have to be able to put that drama down. You know, we made, you know, God didn't make that. We made that. And that doesn't deny reality, but it gives you an answer how right. to fix it. That's right. You know, right. That uh, Vody Bauckham um, once talked about how, um, you know, how he handles racism. And he says, when I come closer to the Bible, and other person comes closer to the Bible, it brings us together. Yeah. We were divided. But when, when we both go, come, come hard after God, it's like we all of a sudden find our equal footing and find our, our uh, reconciliation in that at the foot of the cross. Amen. So the next thing he says here is he says that not only do they continue in the apostles' doctrine, but they actually, um, they, they, they devote themselves to the apostles' doctrine, but also um, to the fellowship. And so right. what I want to do is on the other side of the break, I want to look at a little bit more into that and then the, the other two that are mentioned there. Hey, you're listening to Shouts of Grace. We will be right back. You're listening to Shouts of Grace with Pastor Steve, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill, you can visit our website at rhutah.church. 
Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation. Welcome back to the program. I'm in studio today with Pastor Mike Cunningham, who um, who I can say in two days is going to officially be uh, one of the pastors at Redemption Hill. <laughs> um, so we're super excited about that. Um, but Mike, before the break, we were talking about Acts 242 and the necessity to have these kind of foundational in-wall things before we, uh, before we as we live our lives. And we were talking about um, the apostles' teaching. The next one it says is to the fellowship. Now, now you know, th- there's a couple things here, and I want you to I want you to touch on number one. Um, why is fellowship important? Because it sure seems like, you know, in the, in the last several years, people have become a little bit more distant to fellowship for a lot of different reasons, some of them very good reasons, you know. Um, but why is fellowship important, and what are the challenges to fellowship in our current situation where we're at with all this COVID stuff? We were created to be together. I mean, God created us for fellowship. He created us to seek Him together. I think that's one of the most powerful moments. I, we spoke about it yesterday in church was that, we can watch a screen, you can hear a sermon, you can listen to something on the radio, and that's, it, it's good, it speaks to you. But nothing, um, nothing can um, replace sitting down with friends, with, with fellow believers, with a Bible, and talking it through, making observations back and forth. Um, I think, you know, I've, I've known a lot of, of people who grew up in very, let's just say, luxurious churches, churches that had every amenity you would ever want. And it was fine. It was good. But they got to like college or a young adult and they say, man, that was all well and good. But man, when I got in that Bible study at that person's house, that changed my life. You know, it made me the disciple I am today. And there's something organic, you know, God given organic about that, that gives us something that we can't just do with a screen. And like you said, with COVID, it's given us every reason to sit back and almost consume scripture and sermons for entertainment value, worship music, um, and, and those things. Individualism is reigning supreme, or it's like, how did I, how did it make me feel? Do I, did I get something out of it? This is relevant to me. The, the word relevant makes me roll my eyes now because everything's relevant, man. You know, the yeah. Bible is relevant to our whole lives. And, and that puts us in a, and we need to put ourselves in a position to where we're seeking after God and his word through the fellowship instead of just uh, meeting our own spiritual wants. Yeah. You know, I, I, I also, I came from a, a really, really large church in Southern California. I think when I, when I was born and raised in the faith and, and, you know, it was probably nine, 10,000 people, you know, yep. it's, it's really big. And, and and you're right, you know, there, there there there's a certain dynamic, and and there's almost this false sense of security that you can get when you're in that type of an environment, and 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 you know, oh wow, look what God's doing. This is a great move, and I'm not saying that he's not, but here's the thing: the personal aspect of it. When you looked at that church's uh, community groups, which were broken down more to that one-to-one fellowship and the involvement. All of a sudden, that ten thousand people went down to my word, way maybe one percent of that, right? And because here's the thing, Mike, people people sometimes frown at at fellowship because here's they they, they can't hide in a seat. They, they can't. They, they can't because now we're one to one, and and I'm going to ask you what's going on in your life, but that's what we're doing. That's the Christian. Christian faith, we want to walk. That's discipleship, but people don't want to get super intimate and deep with other people because if I do that, they're going to know perhaps some things I don't want them to know, and I can't hide in the pew on Sunday. Yeah. Spoiler alert: people disappoint you. Yeah. People are fallen, even people you respect. We always, 
are looking for someone to put on a pedestal or someone who kind of reminds us of ourselves. And uh, we need to remember that God is perfect. Christ is perfect. We're not. But that's the whole point is we're all on this journey together. And some days I'm going to be strong and you're going to be weak and I'm going to help you along. And there's going to be days that I'm going to be weak and you're going to be strong and you're going to help me out. And I think that that's kind of, and guys, we're going to say dumb stuff. It happens. But the word hypocrite became you know, it was, there was some nuance in the church's life that it needed to address some hypocr- some hypocrisy and some issues. Having said that, that word almost became kind of an excuse that everyone gives every time they don't want to get together in fellowship. Well, there's a bunch of hypocrites and I don't need them. Uh, I like my video screen. He doesn't let me down. Hmm. And what you're doing is you're missing out because, you know, yes, we're going to, there's going to, again, we're not always going to say the right thing or do the right thing. But, but when we walk together as believers, we grow together, and there's power in that. What I, like, what I love about this passage, it says, and awe came upon them. You know, not because of fog machines and blinky lights and, <laughs> and, and amenities, because like, look what they're doing. They're having fellowship, but they're breaking bread and having prayer and reading the scripture, and they're in awe. You know, mm. And if you've ever been in a small group setting where there really was a moment where there was like an awe moment, and there's like no tech, there's no expectation. It's with this, the God moving through his word and through, through that, that thing. You cannot beat that. And so yeah. I don't want anyone to avoid that because they could change their life. Amen. You know, I'm, I'm thinking as you're talking, I'm sitting here thinking in Ezekiel chapter nine, verse six, there might be one of the most haunting verses anywhere in, in, in scripture where God, God gives Ezekiel a vision and, and he has, um, he has some guys with um, axes and a guy with an ink pen come up alongside him and he says to the guy with the ink pen, I want you to go down into the city, Jerusalem. I want you to put a mark on the forehead of everybody who sighs and cries over iniquity. And then he tells the guys with the axes and you follow the guy with the ink pen and you slaughter anybody who doesn't get a mark. And then he says this and start in my sanctuary. That is a, that is a haunting verse because what he's saying is look, in my sanctuary, there are people that don't have fellowship with me, right. and 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 they're going to be marked out. And so, I would just appeal to our listeners and say, look, um, you know, fellowship is is just what Pastor Mike was saying. First, it's a fellowship with God, and then mm-hmm. it's a fellowship with others where uh, where true authenticity is is being expressed in all of your your junk because we're all the same, and you're getting prayer for it, you know, and, and so forth. And so, I would encourage you to find. That to the breaking of bread, he says, Mike, what's that and why is that important? Well, there's communion, but there's also just the fellowship meal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that there's, isn't it funny how like sitting over a meal with somebody is just, there's nothing, I mean, most of the time, hey, you want to get a cup of coffee? Hey, do you want to go grab lunch? There's just something relaxing and, and authentic about that, that mm-hmm. just, you know, you share, you share things over a meal that you wouldn't share in another setting. Yeah, that's true. And, and, and I, like, I like the communion aspect too. Because you know, it's. Uh, I think a lot of times people people treat communion as just this this ordinance that we have to do. But what they fail to realize is that you know, when when we get together and 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 we break bread, kind of in in a community, it it does show that there's a single focus, not just to what happened, but what's to come. Right. And, and I think every church needs that. They need to have a focus on this is what Christ did for all of us. We're all partaking of the same. But this is also what Christ has promised, which That's is right. ahead. And so 
um, you know, as often as you do this, you know, people say, well, how often should you do it? I've known some people that do it once a month. Other churches do it once a week. Other churches have it every day, you know, as often as you do this. And and so I would encourage, I would even encourage a practice among families. Mm-hmm. Um, do it with your family from, right. from time to time. You know, it's, it's, I, I do it by myself often, you and know, there's a, there's a, a lot of times in some traditions, you examine yourself before you take the elements. Yeah. And I think that that, that examination is an important time to uh, move yourself forward. Yeah, yeah. The last one he says here, Mike, is kind of these bedrocks is um, they devoted themselves to prayer. Right. Um, you know, there there's tends to be a corporate prayer implication here. It's not just personal. Obviously, we should all have a personal, but but these guys were all together and they devoted themselves to the teaching while they were together, to the breaking of bread while they were together, to fellowship and koinonia, intimacy while they're together, and to prayer while they're together. Why do you think that's important, and why is it so neglected? Neglected is because I think a lot of people, I think prayer is has become a difficult discipline in our ADDDDDD. Um, uh, you know, very, you know, we have the attention span of a person now is like six minutes, you know, uh, we've just programmed ourselves to instantaneous, uh, just the concept of, of, of being alone or quiet or, um, waiting. Those are, those are foreign concepts right now. And at the same time, they're exactly what we need. And there's moments that we just realize that there's power in prayer. Yeah. That there is uh, that yeah, it's communion with God in prayer. That there's that there's intercession that happens in prayer. It's just it's it's where the power comes from. And, and I think Mike too. The, I think these are all linked together because as, right. as as we're fellowshipping and we're breaking bread, one of the things that's happening is we're sharing our lives. And and as we're sitting there asking for prayer for something, we are letting somebody in to our inner circle and saying, this is really a need that I have. And, and so it all is intertwined. You know, we, we talk about fellowshipping. Well, one of the greatest ways you fellowship with somebody is to know what their need is and, and know what you can pray for them for, you know? And so you kind of start to find that this goes beneath the surface. You know, so, so many Christians, you know, their, their, their faith life is as deep as a spoonful of water right. because they really don't let anybody in to go deeper. And so right. prayer corporately is important because it reminds me, oh yeah, Jack needs prayer because, because he's, he's got this test coming up and, he, and he's sick and he's really worried. God, I pray you'd give him, take away his anxiety. I mean, it helps us enter into other people's pain in life, right? So t- talk about in the last, um, in, in, in the last minute that we have here, it says um, towards the end of that that they were all together and they had basically all things in common. Talk about when we do these things together. Right. Talk about the 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 co- cohesiveness that that it really lends to in the church. Notice how that comes at the end of the passage. That like you you know we all want unity, but we don't want to do the work that gets the unity. And our, what is our unity in? When you do these things together, it brings us together. It gives us that commonality. It gives us that unity that can then be used powerfully for the gospel. Yeah, and and the odd thing is, is if you take them away, right? Watch what happens. If you take the word of God away, Ooh. how how can what are you going to be unified around? Right. Everyone's going to have a different worldview. Everyone's going to have a different opinion, right? If you take a fellowship away. Right. When, when I'm out of fellowship, I don't think the best about people, bro. I think the worst. Right. Well, right. oh, they they looked at me that way at church because of this. They're which, all stuck they're, up. Yeah. And, and well, you haven't even had dinner with them or coffee. How do you know that's what they think? Because that's because I know. Well, you're out of fellowship. If, if you take prayer out of it, you really don't know 
where they're at. And so that cohesiveness that's supposed to bond us together, it's just kind of not even there. And so it's a, it's a great point. Um, in, in the last 30 seconds, um, what would you say to the person who's, who's not practicing these things? You're missing out that, again, let's just be honest. We withdraw because we're scared or because we're hurt or we're afraid of getting hurt. I invite you to lean in and rejoin this community. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, we are out of time for this episode of Shouts of Grace. We are certainly glad that you took time out of your day to join us. Um, and, and I hope you take that challenge and that heart um, uh, that, that, that Pastor Mike just shared. Um, re-engage. Maybe you've, you've sat out in, in one or more of these. Um, re-engage because um, you don't know what you're missing. God bless you guys, and we'll see you again next time. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you have been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Shouts of